So, so we're reading from, actually, from Psalm 107. Another lovely psalm that insists on praise and thanksgiving. So Psalm 107 then. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east, from the north, from the south and the west. In desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry, thirsty. Their lives ebbed away. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty, fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled. There was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Now in this psalm, that we read part of a moment or two ago, there is a recurring theme, a recurring chorus, if you like. Now, I have to say that, well, I've already admitted the fact that I tend to use the old authorised version, and I find that there are some wonderful little insights in that that you don't get in other versions. So I'm going to speak to you this morning from my old authorised and the chorus goes like this and it's found in verse 8 and verse 15 and verse 21 and verse 31 and it's the same every time. Listen. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. 
And I want to take that verse for a few moments this morning. And if you like, I want to get a red pencil and underline more or less every word. And I have come, sorry, it's, it's still just a.m., but I've got a p.m. sermon this morning. Now, what do I mean by that? Because I've got, well, I don't dare tell you how many headings, but just in this little verse, p.m. And why do I do that? Well, it helps me remember, and I hope it will help you remember, so that the next time you read this psalm, just think, P.M. So where do we start? Well, unfortunately, it's not in any other of the translations. It starts with a little word, Oh! Oh! And I, that's right, oh, and I would suggest that here we have a passion that's mooted. Shall I tell you where we're going, then you'll know when we're getting towards the end. I want to look at a passion that's mooted, a people that are mentioned, a praise that is mandatory, a potentate that is magnificent, a personality that's missed and a performance that's maintained. You say, it's not all here, is it? It jolly well is, you know. That's the wonder of this book. It is Why is it so amazing? Because it's God's word. And God is talking to us this morning. So first of all, we have a passion that's mooted. Now, when the psalmist David wrote this psalm, and I believe it's David who wrote it, I believe that he started off with this passion. Now, it could be in two or three different directions. It could be a wishful longing. Have you ever said, those of you who are older, oh, if only I was young again. Oh, if only I got the energy that I used to have. I wonder if David was saying that. Oh, if only this could happen. Remember on one occasion, David, on a different occasion, when he was being pursued by Saul, he sat down and he used that once more and he said, Oh, if only, and I'm paraphrasing it now, if only I could drink of the water of the wells of Bethlehem. Two men went out and got some for him. and He was so grateful that he poured it out in an offering to the Lord. Oh, there's the longing there. I wonder if that was it. I wonder if it was a sense of frustration. Oh, for goodness sake, why don't men praise the Lord? And you know, I'm sure every one of us here has had that sense of frustration. You know, I'm not a mechanic. I know I'm a farmer, but I hate mechanics. Never seems to be enough room to get my big hands in to do up little nuts and screws and things like that. 
And you know, many of the time I've tried working on a tractor or a machine, and I've said to myself, oh, for goodness sake, if only I could just reach in a little further. Was David frustrated? Was that a frustrated O? Maybe. Maybe it was an irritated O. Another thing, you know, when I was young, and I don't think I've changed, I, you know, I hate heights. I can't bear being up high. And, you know, when we were boys, we used to play on the stacks. And I used to play with my cousin on these big old straw stacks. And he used to love to climb up the top and jump off. Well, I hated that. And I remember him standing just, uh, standing just ahead of him. And in irritation, he said, well, go on, David, hurry up, jump. I, I found it very difficult. Irritation. I wonder if these were some of the passions that David had when he wrote this particular psalm. So first of all, then, we have a passion that's mooted. Secondly, we have a people that's mentioned. Oh, that men. Now, before you ladies shut off and say, well, that doesn't include me. Oh, yes, it does. Mankind in general. In other words, human beings. Oh, that human beings would praise it. Now, why did David say that? You know, I think... The hymn writer, in this hymn, and I nearly chose it, but the trouble is there's so many hymns we could choose. There's a hymn writer who I believe picked this thought up, and it's actually number 24 in this book. All things praise thee, Lord Most High. And what are the five verses? Each one, all things praise thee. Night to night, all things praise thee, high and low, all things praise. He goes through a whole gamut of things in nature that praise God. And after all, did not the psalmist say on another occasion, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament shows his handiwork. Nature proclaims the praise and the wonder of our God. And you know, you two back, I can remember being ever so challenged. I was, I think, well, we on the farm, I think we were trying uh, to harvest, I'm not sure, well, I can't remember now whether it was potatoes or whether it was corn. And believe it or not, we were in a wet time. Or oh, how we would have done with that this year. But it was wet, wet, wet. And we wanted dry to get on with the harvest. And I walked my dog, which I do every day, down the lane past my house. And on the way up, and it was raining, and I was thinking to myself, for goodness sake, when on earth is it going to get dry? And you know, I heard a sound. And I stopped, and I listened. And I looked up, and there, up in the rain, was a little bird fluttering. 
and it was singing the most beautiful song, a little skylark. And that song came down, and you know, that came right into my heart. And I thought to myself, there in the rain is a little bird singing God's praises, and there's me walking along moaning and groaning. Oh, that men, mankind, human beings would praise the Lord for his goodness. The people that are mentioned, but of course with it the praise that is mandatory. Because as I've just said, it is so easy to grumble. So easy to complain. So easy to look at other people and say, huh, Look at them, they're all right. I'm struggling. And I appreciate a lot of people are struggling. Maybe many of us here this morning are struggling and find it very difficult to cope with life at times. But let's always be positive. My word, it's a long, long time ago that I sat here when I used to work in the bank at South End. And I tell you, that must be, well, 55 years ago, and I sat here in Pastor Fillimore's time, and there was a guest speaker, and I can remember him standing here. Don't ask me his name, because I've forgotten it. And so many things I forget, but this I do remember, sitting down over there, and this guest speaker spoke to the young people, and he spoke about an occasion when there was a certain minister traveling from somewhere to somewhere else on an old stagecoach. And in the course of the journey, the stagecoach got held up by a highwayman. A robber with a gun. And he made everybody get out and he robbed them all. And when they got back into the stagecoach, everybody started complaining and grumbling and moaning and this dear man, this pastor, said, hang on a minute. If he'd have been Suffolk, he'd have said, hold your own. He said, do you know we've got a lot of reasons to be thankful. And you know, this dear minister who spoke, stood here and spoke, he gave five reasons why they should be thankful. And you know, I've forgotten two of them. But I do remember this. The minister who sat in the coach said to the fellow passengers, he said, look, we should be thankful that he took our valuables, but he didn't take our lives. We should be thankful that he took all we had, but let's face it, it wasn't very much. We should be thankful that he was the one who was robbing, and not us, we're not robbers. And he gave a couple more reasons, but you see what the purport of the little story is. No matter what our circumstances, I believe there's always a reason we can praise God. And I have to testify that that is true as far as I'm personally concerned. The people 
that are mentioned, the praise that's mandatory, and the potentate that is magnificent. Oh, that men would praise the Lord! That's it. What a great God we have. Do you know, we've met here this morning, we've been praising God, we've been talking to him, how many people throughout the world have been doing the same thing at the same time? And yet our God hears every single person's voice. Can you grasp that? When you, if you were all talking together, I should have the faintest idea what you were all saying. But we've got a God who hears every one of us individually. You know, one of my favorite portions, and I've got a lot of very favorite portions in God's Word, but one of them, I have to say, is Isaiah chapter 14. If you ever want a real uplift, open up Isaiah chapter 40, where the writer there is describing from time to time, describing this wonderful God. Who has measured the water in the hollow of his hand and measured out heaven with the span, measured the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who has created these things? Who bringeth out their host by number, calls them all by names, by the greatness of his might? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there's no searching of his understanding, and so forth. This is the God we're talking about. My dear friends, this is your God, if you know and love him, the God with whom nothing is impossible. Is he not, is he not worthy to be praised, to be worshipped? The potentate that's magnificent. But now I want you to grasp this next bit. Can you remember the PMs we've had so far? The passion that's mooted, the people that are mentioned, the praise that's mandatory, the potentate that's magnificent, now listen, the personality that's missed. Now what do I mean by that? Listen, oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Now I have to be honest with you and I, I think I remember learning this psalm when I was young like some of these youngsters here today. I always took that to mean all of the good things that God gives us. I don't think that's what the psalmist meant at all. I believe he's talking not about what God does, listen, but 
who he is. Do you know, it would be interesting if I were to go round and ask you, how would you define the word good? Have you ever thought about that? It's a word we use so often. How would you define it? I asked myself that, and then I thought, well, why not look it up in a dictionary? I looked it up in my English dictionary. Listen, this is what the word good is defined as. Be patient. Adequate, satisfactory, suitable, expedient, proper, serviceable, profitable, genuine, wholesome, sound, complete, reliable, considerable, having moral excellence, kind, friendly, courteous, acceptable, having the right qualities. It's all being, not doing. Do we grasp that our God is good in essence? That means no matter what he allows to happen in our lives, he is always good. And what happens to us is always good. Now, can you get your mind around that? I would have found that very difficult 12 months ago. But I believe Nahum has that very same thought when he says in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those that trust in him. In other words, even in troubles, God is good, in essence. And we must never, ever forget that. You say, well, I look at the world today in all the muddle and mess and all the inequality and unfairness. How can you say God is good? Because his word tells me so. And I've got to believe it. Because his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are high above the earth, so are his ways higher than ours and his thoughts than ours. God is good. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. But then, of course, he finishes off with a performance that's maintained and his wonderful works to the children of men. Moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, God has looked after me and supplied my needs, and yours as well. All these years, and I'm nearly 80 now, and I can say, and I know Daphne will get very cross and say, you know we're near 80, you're only 78, but I'm nearly there. And all these years, God has supplied my needs. It goes on 
and on and on. He's the God who, as the hymn writer puts it, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. I can't remember what the advert was that advertised the gift that keeps on giving. Somebody will probably tell me afterwards. The gift that keeps on giving. What's the greatest gift that God ever gave to you and to me? God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And that's a gift that keeps on giving because those who by faith recognize their need, their sinnership, and come to the Lord Jesus Christ asking for forgiveness, receive, and I can promise you that on the basis of what God has promised, receive eternal life. And not, that's a life that doesn't start when we, when we get to heaven. It's a life that starts now. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. Do you know anything about that greatest of all gifts? God's wonderful gift of his dear son and salvation Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Was there ever a greater work than the work of Calvary? He died. Come back to the children's hymn again. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good that we might go at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood. Haven't we reason to give thanks to the Lord? Are you a thankful person? Are you a thankful people as a church? I'm sure you are. Not only on a Sunday, but Monday. Even if we're trying to lift potatoes and it's going to rain. Mind you, I don't think it will. I rather hope it does in many ways. But the Lord knows. He knows what things we have need of. And that's why he's supplied above everything else the greatest of all gifts. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. His wonderful works to the children of men. May the Lord help us to do just that for his name's sake. Amen. <laughs>